So we're at that uh, time of year where students are going back to school. Our local uh, schools have started back up or are on the brink of starting back up. And I remember as a kid, the last day of summer vacation was like the most depressing day of the year. Can anybody else relate with me? That was like the single worst day of the year, last day of summer vacation, because I loved summer vacation. I loved having the opportunity to go to Fuel, family camp, hang out with my friends from out of state. There was a sense of freedom that I had uh, during summer vacation. But all those opportunities, they were all taken away from me when school started back up. And I was not a big fan of school, uh, to say the very least. Now, I love to learn, and I wish I could go back to school and just learn all day. But I can assure you, that was not my attitude when I was forced to go to school uh, five days a week. So if you see some of our students got their head down this morning, realize, you know, they've, they've realized summer vacation has come to an end, and I empathize uh, with you students out there. And for many students, they have to completely realign their mindset and their schedule with school starting back up. I'm coaching a soccer game this fall with a group of middle schoolers. And earlier this week in practice, we were talking about the start of school. And uh, these girls were informing me how they were going to have to readjust uh, their schedules. They would now have to wake up before 7 and no longer could they sleep in till noon. I cannot believe that. Uh, kids sleeping in till noon, but no longer could they do that. They'd have to adjust their schedule. They, they lose some of that freedom. And for some parents, it's a sad time as well, as they won't have as much time with their kids over their school year. Little Johnny is now one year older. Little Johnny's one more, one year closer to living off on his own. So I understand it can be a sad time uh, for some parents as well. For some parents, it's a time of jubilee. Can I get an amen? Uh, finally, the kids are, I see some fingers pointing out there. Finally, the kids are back to school. They are their teacher's problem now. <laughs> and whatever our perspective is on uh, the beginning of a new school year, I think we all understand the importance of school as learning is so, so, so important. As there is so much information out there in the world just waiting for us to grasp it. And of all the information in the world just waiting for us to grasp, the single most important information out there for us to understand is all found in these 66 books of the Bible. This is the most important information that we can understand and have uh, a firm knowledge on in our lives. And with kids going back to school, being educated by their teachers, I think it's imperative for us to remind ourselves that it is our responsibility as parents to teach our children the most important information out there. It's not the responsibility of the public schools to teach your children about the Bible and what's in it. For goodness sakes, uh, they won't teach about it at all. So don't rely on them teaching your kids about the most important information. I know some kids within the church, they, they attend a private Christian school, and it is not their responsibility to teach your children the Bible. We all, we are gathered here at church this morning, and, and let me be very clear and very firm, it is not the church's responsibility to teach your children the Bible. It, it, it is not our responsibility. The, the responsibility falls on the shoulders of the parents or 
the guardians. And so our dis- discussion today will, will revolve around the framework of a parent teaching their children the Bible. However, these principles that we'll be talking about today apply to so much more than simply a parent-to-child relationships. Many of these principles that we'll be talking about can be applied to grandparents. They can be applied to aunts, to uncles, to older siblings, or to anyone who has any sort of influence on a child. And I'm going to go ahead and make the bold prediction, say that everyone here has some sort of influence over a child whether that be your own child, whether that be a grandchild, whether that be your nephew or niece, or just someone that you have influence in your life. And so this information is for you too. I don't want everybody who's not a parent of children to tune me out because no, this information is for you as well this morning. And so as we discussed this morning, teaching our children the Bible, our core passage that we'll be taking a look at this morning is found in the book of Deuteronomy. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Deuteronomy, and we'll be taking a look at chapter 6. The verses will also be projected behind me. Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're taking a look at uh, arguably the, the single greatest passage of most importance, according to the words of Jesus anyways. So we'll be starting in chapter 6, verse 4, and it reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And so many of us are aware of this passage. This is known as the Shema, a word which, the Hebrew word which just means hear or listen as uh, the statement begins with hear, O Israel. Listen up, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Listen up, Israel. Yahweh is our God. Yahweh, the personal name of our heavenly father. Yahweh is our God, Israel. And listen up. Yahweh is one. There, there, there is one God, and that God is Yahweh and Yahweh alone. And so we've been instructed to love Yahweh our God, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. Basically, we are to love God with all that we are and all that we have. Jesus, when he was asked by a, by a scribe, what is the single most important commandment he referenced here, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, the Shema, as a single greatest commandment in the entire Bible that we should understand, Yahweh is our God, Yahweh is one, and we shall love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And so it continues, and it instructs, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. These words, the words uh, of the Shema, they shall be on our heart. They shall be imprinted and stored in our hearts. As we have a calling to store and memorize God's word in our hearts so that no matter what situation we are confronted with, we can recall these important passages. And here is a passage in which we have been instructed, we've been commanded that these words shall be on our hearts. We're told in in the book of Psalms that when we store God's word in our hearts, it will lead us away from sin. And then the verse that I really want to highlight this morning, verse 7, it reads, You shall teach them diligently 
to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And so here the Israelites, they're instructed that they, these words are to be taught diligently to our children. The actual Hebrew word here uh, that translates here is to repeat. And so we ought to be repeating these words to our children time and time and time again. And Moses actually, he, he informs us when we are to be repeating, when we are to be diligently teaching these words to our children. Moses says that we should be teaching these to our children when we sit in our house. So when we are at home with our children, we should seek to teach the word of God to them. If you eat meals together, that is a great time to teach our children before, during, or after breakfast or dinner. Maybe after everyone finishes eating, you remain seated at the table and you discuss the word of God together as a family. Maybe you have a game night together as a family. Maybe discuss the word of God before you partake in the fun of a game. Whatever the case may be, we are instructed, we are commanded to teach the word of God to our children when we are sitting in our homes. And not only are we instructed to, to diligently teach our children at homes, but we've been commanded that we must teach our children on our way, when, when we walk by the way. So when you are out and about with your children, you shall teach your children the Bible. If you're going on a road trip, whether that be to Florida or to the grocery store, that is a great opportunity to share God's word with our children. And so I'd encourage you as families, put the phone downs in the cars, especially if you are the one driving. Put the phones down and engage in those spiritual conversations on your way. We, we, we have been commanded to, to diligently teach our children when we walk by the way or when we are on our way, when we are leaving the house, we have been commanded to teach our children. And not only when, when we sit in our houses, but when we walk by the way, but we have been commanded to teach our children when we lie down. This is a huge one in my eyes. Many parents, they have nighttime routines with their children, and one can easily implement teaching our children the Bible during that nighttime routine. And if you don't have a nighttime routine, you're a parent with children at your home, maybe now is a good time to implement a nighttime routine so that you can incorporate God's word at night. At our house, uh, I'm usually the one uh, that lays Ezra down as Jamie's been dealing with this kid the, the whole day. And so I, I generally take the responsibility uh, of laying Ezra down at night. And we have this routine where we will read a book together at night and then we will seek God in prayer. And I'll, I'll start uh, by praying first. We'll pray for our family. Ezra and I, we pray for you guys. We pray uh, for our extended family. And after I'm done praying, uh, recently I've been giving Ezra uh, the opportunity uh, to pray as well. He follows my guidance. I say, uh, do you want to pray, Ezra? I pray. So we'll hold his hands and I, and I say, say, dear God, dear God, I say, I love you, love you, Amen. Amen. And it's as simple as that. We've been repeating that prayer for about the past month. Dear God, I love you. Amen. That's a part of our nighttime routine, me instructing my son of the importance of loving our good God, the single most important command, and praying to our God that God, yes, we do 
love you. I mean, this kid is adorable, but he is a slow learner uh, when it comes to talking. Uh, it's taking him a while to pick up on the whole uh, talking thing. Uh, but just last night, for the first time, he was able uh, to do the prayer uh, by himself after I started him uh, with, dear God. He said, dear God, avu, amen. And man, uh, my dad heart nearly melted uh, last night. Um, and so I'd encourage you to celebrate those little victories with your children. And so again, when it comes to the nighttime routine, when it comes to lying down, that is a marvelous opportunity for you parents, for, for you people who have influence over your children to instruct them in the way of the Lord. And not only when we, when we sit in our house, not only when we walk by the way, not only when we lie down, but also when we rise in the mornings, we have been commanded to teach our children about God's word. And when we rise up, this is another very popular time where families have some sort of routine when we wake up. I'm guessing a lot of you guys, uh, when you wake up, you, you have a general routine, whether that may be grab a cup of coffee first thing in the morning, whether that be uh, step in the shower first thing in the morning, whether you seek God in prayer first thing in the morning. I'm guessing most of you guys have a general routine that you follow in the mornings. And so this is another opportunity where we can easily stack another habit on onto our morning routines, and we can incorporate teaching our children the Bible when we rise for the day. So these are the four times that we have been commanded to teach God's word to our children. And there's some parallelism that is found here. We're teaching our Bible when we are at home and when we are not at home. We're teaching our kids the Bible when we rise up and also when we lie down. So in other words, these Israelites, we, we have been commanded to teach our children the Bible at all times. It is an ongoing process. It is an ongoing learning experience. Day by day, hour by hour, we seek opportunities to teach our children the Bible. There are so many parenting philosophies out there. Some philosophies are, are more hands-on approach, and some are more of a hands-off approach. And there's pros and cons uh, to all of these uh, different parenting philosophies, but I want to uh, get involved in that. But what I do want to say this morning is that however hands-on or hands-off you are with your children, we must understand that we have to be all hands on deck when it comes to teaching our children the Bible. We are not talking about parenting philosophies when talking about teaching our children the Bible. We are talking about the command of God. We have been commanded as parents. You have been commanded as parents to teach your children the word. Some parents do not take this command with the utmost care and responsibility as they should. Too often I see in the church in America, we can be passive with the way that we teach our children the Bible. Too often one of the biggest mistakes of raising kids in the church in America is that we rely on the church to be the main place our kids learn the Bible. And that cannot be the case. If the church is the main place that your kids are learning the Bible, it is not enough. You are not fulfilling the command that God has given to you. 
as I was preparing this message, uh, I, I came across this quote, which I absolutely love. It states, if you aren't going to teach your children every day, when are you going to do it? Say that one again. If you aren't going to teach your children every day, when are you going to do it? It's a simple statement, but I love it. Because if we don't instill a habit of teaching our children the Bible, then that raises a very good question. When are we going to do it? And I would say for most of us, if we don't instill that habit, it would be not nearly enough. And so this needs to be a habit that we instill in our daily lives. We have got to be teaching our children every day. For when are you going to do it if you aren't doing it every day? And so children are a gift from God. And we have to treat them as such by teaching them the word of God as the home has to be the the central focus when we're talking about teaching our children about the most important information out there in the world. And listen up, men, a disclaimer, this is not just the mother's job as well. In general, mothers spend more time with their kids than fathers do, but the responsibility of teaching our kids falls on both of us. And so I'm urging all of our fathers, all of our mothers out there to rise to the occasion, rise to this command that God has given to you in teaching your children when you are sitting in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. And so I want to end our discussion today on teaching our children uh, the Bible with seven practical tips of how to encourage our children to read the Bible. Because as we teach our children the Bible, it's our goal that they in turn study the word on their own. I know from firsthand experience, this can be a painstaking process. As I know, when I was a kid, I hated to read. Anybody out there who hates to read or they have children who hate to read, yeah, I'm guessing a lot of us. Now I love to read, but when I was a kid, I hated to read. I believe I told you guys a story when I was in fifth grade, our teacher would give us free time to read, and I thought it'd be a better use of my time to hold up my book and pretend I was reading by moving my eyes and actually reading. That's how much I hated to read when I was a kid. And I know some of you parents, some, some of you students out there, you empathize with me when I, when I was a child in school and that you hate to read. And so it can be a struggle. It could be a struggle to instill that habit of reading their word. And so here are seven practical tips that that we can instill in our daily routines to encourage our children to read the Bible for themselves. Tip number one is lead by example. And this is, in my eyes, by far the most important tip is to lead by example. Do as I say, not as I do. That does not work. Throw that out the window. If we tell our children to read their Bibles, but we don't, then guess what? More likely than not, they are not going to read their Bibles as well. And so we as parents, we have got to lead by examples. Jesus, a a wonderful, wonderful leader that, that he was in his ministry, he led by example. He led by example, and he studied the Torah. He studied the law, which is very evident. He could easily quote it. He led by example by by washing his disciples' feet. He was a servant leader. He led by example, and we as parents, we had to follow that example. We must lead by example. And so you parents out there, you've got to be digging into the scriptures yourself. Tip number two, read the Bible together. 
Whether at night, dinner time, when you wake up, find a time to read the scriptures together. Uh, I did not like reading uh, when I was a child, but I remember uh, reading uh, with my dad uh, some children's book all the way back when I was a little kid. And even a little bit older, uh, we we'd read some, we read a chapter book together. And, and I found a lot more enjoyment in that when, when I would read with my parents. And so a great way to encourage our children to read the Bibles is to read a chapter with them. Uh, together every day, or if they're younger, maybe read a verse or a couple of verses, whatever it may be, find a time where you can read the Bible together, and hopefully that can instill uh, more interest in God's Word. Tip number three, ask your children questions. Periodically ask them big picture questions about the Bible and God in general. Get them thinking about these topics. That's a pretty powerful tool at our hand. We can cause others to shift their thoughts with simple questions. Watch. What color hair does a unicorn have? What color hair does a unicorn have? Rainbow? Yeah. Well, guess what? Everybody in this room who is listening to me, what are they thinking about now? They are thinking about unicorns. Those who lost their uh, train of attention for a little bit, they're thinking, why in the world are we talking about unicorns right now? But through the simple question of asking what color hair do unicorns have, we have all begun to think about unicorns. And so let's focus back on the Bible. What does the Bible have to say about this? Um, so ask these questions to your children. Get them thinking about these topics. And we can do that with general questions about the Bible and God. The older they are, the, the, the deeper you can get into these questions. Why do, does God allow the, these things to happen? Uh, you, you, you gauge it as a parent. But ask your children questions, and it gets them thinking about these topics. Tip number four, reward them for reading their Bibles. If your kid needs some added incentive to read their Bibles, then provide it. Provide it by rewarding them with, with a snack or whatever it may be. Reward them for reading their Bibles if they need that. Tip number five, memorize God's word with your children. We're called to store God's word in our heart. Verse six here, chapter six, these words that I command you today shall be on your hearts. And so together as a family, memorize God's word. As a family, strive to memorize a verse or maybe two and make it fun. Uh, you know, maybe sing a song. I know Jen and her kids, they're, they're well known for making songs out of these different verses that they memorize together as a family. I read up on a, a different family uh, that they would get uh, the temporary tattoos when they were learning a verse together. And so everybody in their family member, if they were to pop up their sleeve, they'd all have uh, that verse that they were learning together. But whatever do, make it fun in, in memorizing God's word with your children. Tip number six, pray with your children. Accompany reading the Bible with praying to God. If you can help instill uh, your child having a relationship with God, that would then in turn encourage them to read what God has to tell them through the scriptures. And so pray with your children, whether that be before meals, whether that be at nighttime, in the morning, whatever it may be, pray with your children. And then tip number seven, use helpful resources. There are many resources out there that can aid you in your quest of teaching your children. One uh, well-known resource out there is Focus on the Family. How many of you guys have heard of Focus on the Family? I'm going to guess the bulk of us there. That is a wonderful resource on the internet. Uh, it just has so much material in how to raise a Christian family. So check that out, Focus on the Family. There's a handful of different movies or TV series that, that children, that students can find uh, entertaining. 
Uh, a number of years ago, they came out with the series, The Bible. Anybody seen uh, the series, The Bible? They did an AD uh, one as well. That one is a little more graphic, so uh, maybe uh, not so much for the younger children. But for the older children, it can be pretty entertaining, and it's fairly accurate as well. It gets them interested in the stories of the Bible. There's The Chosen, a, a rather new series. We're going through this in our ladies' Bible study, and I absolutely love uh, the series, The Chosen. Um, maybe more so for uh, the older uh, students as well, but get them... Uh, maybe watch together as a family, The Chosen. And then maybe for uh, the younger ones, VeggieTales. There, there's a lot of uh, biblical principles and stories found in VeggieTales. And, and there's lots more out there as well. But, but maybe use these helpful resources as, as truth. Children children like to view uh, television. And so if you're a family that does television in your house, then utilize these helpful resources. Another helpful resource, other Christian families. Find another Christian family with, with kids, and, and you can support one another in this great quest and, and this great command of teaching your children the Bible. And then alas, the church. I think the church uh, is likely the best resource uh, that you have available to help teach you, uh, help teach your children the Bible. But again, in saying this, it's important for us to reiterate that it is not it is not the church's responsibility to teach your children. Instead, the church is used as a tool. It is used as a resource to help you teach your children the Bible. There's many great benefits into getting your children involved in church, whether that be friends with other people their age, whether that be good examples and mentors and role models that they can look forward to, whether that be Sunday school, uh, junior church, messages, whatever it may be. There are so many uh, benefits in getting your children involved in church. But again, I'll say it again, the church, it is not the responsibility of the church to teach your children the Bible. Instead, it is a tool. And so when we as parents, when we uh, as people who have influence over children in our lives, uh, we can be uh, assured by the words of the wise King Solomon in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Solomon says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm encouraged by this passage where it tells me in general, when we teach our children and followers the Bible they will not depart from that teaching, even when they are old, even when you don't have as much influence in them as a parent, they will not depart from that in general. This, is, this isn't uh, an end-all, be-all. This isn't uh, every single situation plays out like this. But in general, when we teach our children and followers of the Bible, they will not depart from that teaching, even when they are old. So the good news for us is that if we put in the hard work, because let me tell you, it is hard work. It is hard work to instill these habits of teaching our children. But when you put in that hard work, then we have a promise. If they remain faithful to the words, we have a promise that we will partake in God's coming kingdom with them. We will see God face to face with our children by our side We'll have a never-ending celebration with God and his son Jesus and with our children if we teach them diligently and they follow the teachings that we have provided. I know for me, that is a desire, that is a hope that drives me intensely 
I long for the day where I can spend the rest of eternity with Ezra and Ayla and God's coming kingdom. And so I urge you, it's my plea, it's my prayer that you guys have that same hope that intensely drives you day in and day out that you can spend an everlasting eternity with your children in God's coming kingdom if we are teaching our children the Bible. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Uh, Father, I just thank you for uh, the blessing, the gift uh, that children provide for us. Father, I pray a special blessing for all of the parents here. Father, I pray that you instill good habits in our lives that we can diligently teach our children your commands, what you had to tell us through your word. Father, I just pray for everybody in this room who has influence over children, that they seek to teach them diligently your word. Father, we long for that day and age where we and our other loved ones can spend an eternity with you in your coming kingdom. And until that day, Father, I pray that you help us drive it day in and day out of seeking you first and foremost. Father, we love you so much. We love your son, Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen.